Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi. Welcome to High Theory. In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory. I'm Kim Adams. And I'm Sharonik Boshu. We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself. We did an episode on dogs early on, so we owed one to cats. And what better time for a feline feature than the day of Halloween? But the cats were so philosophical that they demanded a special with several parts. Or should we say, several paws? So welcome to our Halloween special. The world so peaceful as still as a mouse till it got to the neighborhood of haunted house. In this part of our Halloween special, I am talking with Gina Dominic for another take on Schrodinger's cat. Gina, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Gina Dominic. I am an ABD graduate student in the Department of English at New York University. The important thing is that I'm I'm currently teaching a philosophy and art class in which we read the short story, Schrodinger's Cat by Ursula Le Guin. So that's my cat connection. (laughs) Tell me, Gina, um, what does Ursula Le Guin have to say about Schrodinger's cat? What she has to say about Schrodinger's cat is that that it's a really cool cat. (laughs) That's what the narrator says about Schrodinger's cat in the story, is that it's a cool cat juxtaposed with how hot it is in the story. And from what I understand about quantum physics, it has a lot to do with heat. I think she's also in line with the absurdity of it. I do think Neil Gaiman actually stole the line from the short story, but there's there's a moment in Neil Gaiman's American Gods where one of the characters says something along the lines of, well, if nobody lifts the box to feed the cat, it'll be dead two ways. And I I just can't imagine he hadn't read the short story because that's exactly what the narrator says to the dog is that, well, we, how are we going to feed the cat? <laughs> um, so I think she'd be more in, along the lines of that it's, it's an absurd, you know, sort of setup. Can you summarize that story? Oh, yeah. So the narrator finds 
herself, I believe, I believe it's a female, finds herself in what what can only be described as a kitchen that is in a state of collapse. But we're not really sure uh, how many people are in the kitchen or where the kitchen is. All we get is that it's here. But essentially, um, the main action of the short story is that the woman realizes that she has a cat or that the cat is there in the room and that the cat is cool and she likes the cat. But very uh, shortly, a mailman turns up, but the mailman is actually a dog and the dog mailman recognizes that she has Schrodinger's cat, that the the cat she's been playing with and entertaining is actually Schrodinger's. And once this recognition occurs and the dog who, by the way, is a mailman and has a box for the woman, right? He also seems to be a physicist. (laughs) Yes. uh, He, the dog realizes, oh my, you know, oh my God, it's fate. You have the cat and I have the box. And so they must perform the experiment. And what ends up happening is the dog sets it all up, you know, sort of exactly in the way that Schrodinger, his Gedanka experiment sets it all up. And they're waiting, right? And in the end, they lift the box and the cat's gone. And then the roof comes off um, <laughs> the place. So that's that's the short story, basically. Right. And there was I remember there was this moment where the dog was like, well, you put the cat in the box. And the woman was like, I don't want to put my cat in your box so it will die. And then the cat just jumps. Yeah, just hopped right in there. And it flicks the tail closed, the lid closed with its tail. Does he do that because he's Schrodinger's cat? Or does he do that because cats like boxes? It's a very good question, my friend. (laughs) But isn't that the question? The whole question is like, hate it or not? I mean, like, that's that's what it, you know, it, it kind of is an important question. That's what the thought experiment is about. The line that my physicist friend quoted, Einstein said, God doesn't play dice with the universe, is in that story. And in the story, the line is God does play dice, right? So it's the question is, is it random or is it faded? Yeah, right. So and the dice is so key, right? That and I loved that the physicist brought it up and that Einstein says God does not play dice. And the dog is so adamant about proving that he does. And so And the the dog is like such a physicist because he's so anxious that he, that it doesn't work. <laughs> they were like, and that was like what George was expressing was that like physicists are like anxious about the philosophical aspect of this. That the equations don't cover this end game. That it doesn't cover observation or collapse. That you have to impose a philosophical concept of both observation and collapse onto the mathematical equations. Which is, as you guys kept pointing out, like creepy and like kind of crazy that that happens. But actually, I will say I do not feel anymore. I had said earlier that I felt that the Schrodinger's cat was a tree in the forest argument. And and that's not fair. I think that it's actually, as he explained it, far more complex than that but ultimately he says that they just don't think about it right like that they've actually stopped thinking about it and because it's right 
um, or because it, it because works. it's functional. Yeah. Because yeah, you be can, because you can get lost in the weeds of the speculation, you might as well just use it because it works. That just doesn't square with me. And is that yeah. because I'm like, I don't know, does that, is that because I'm not a physicist? Like, or is it because I teach philosophy or what is it? Like, this doesn't seem like a throwaway question. Like it seems really important. And I think that's why they're so anxious about it is because it actually does matter in terms of something. Um, I think it's great. I'm pretty sure that quantum mechanics and deconstruction are the same thing just in science and literature. I don't know why that disappoints me. <laughs> this is a pharmacon argument. So in Plato's pharmacy, Derrida famously takes the example from Plato of the king being presented uh, writing. And there's this debate about whether it's writing is a gift or a curse, a gift or a poison, we'll say, to humanity, whether it will increase our knowledge, right, or decrease it. And so he uses the word pharmakon to describe it because in Greek, pharmakon means both cure and poison, right, at the same time. And so this is the deconstructive Schrodinger's cat, I suppose, right? However, if it were truly Schrodinger, right, it would would have it would have too many meetings to have any meaning. A flickering that would be imperceptible almost between like all difference of the... is both differing and deferring at the same time. Like, I think that Schrodinger's cat is both dead and alive at the same time. Okay, but it's definitely not. This is, like, and this is what always bothered me. Like, and this is why I think I'm, like, more inclined to, like, go along with Ursula Le Guin or, like, no Gaiman and say, like, but no, because, like, <laughs> like there's a moment where it's not both. Okay, so let me ask you, Gina, my last question. Why do you think it's a cat? Because the cat ultimately doesn't give a shit. <laughs> well, cats, well, I said cats love boxes. I mean, I think that's the... They just really enjoy them. And I've actually never had a cat. But from what I understand, they do this thing where, like, they really... They'll, like, go up to the people that aren't paying attention to them. If you, like, ask for their affection and, like, want their affection, they're, like you know, no le me tangere. But like, if they can tell that you're like, not really interested in them, they'll like, kind of snuggle up to you. So maybe that's it. Like they themselves are sort of an unpredictable, you know, and you have to sort of not look at it for it to exist. I like it. I like it. It's like very much cats are like very much on their own terms. And the short story itself is about time and wasting time. And, and it's really what it's sort of about too is you know yeah. why bother to do it right and that's ultimately what the physicist you know if it works why bother figuring that out why waste the time what i'm arguing for which is a deeper you know analysis of the philosophical question is exactly what Neil Gaiman and Ursula Le Guin would say is a waste of time, that it's an absurd question to begin with. This always <laughs> happens. Every time we do a podcast, Kim, I end up on the opposite side of where I started. <laughs> I end up talking myself out of whatever position. I'm so for, you know, like I come in with this mission and then I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> and we're the cats. <laughs> Or something. I, I mean, 
here's don't get me wrong i think this is all very cool i loved when the physicist was talking like i find it so fascinating i you know i i really am on board like i think it's fabulous it's the it again i think it's the hybrid nature of it like it's the and maybe perhaps that gets back to like the difference and like it's the 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 idea that something could be both this and that. Anyways, um, Gina, we, sh- we should say goodbye to our listener. Thank you, Gina, for coming and talking to us about Schrodinger's cat. Thank you for having me, Kim. And thank you for listening to High Theory. And don't forget to vote. If you like our podcast, please review and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Sharonic Bosu manages our social media presence. Owen Quinn composes our theme music, and Kim Adams and Sharonic Bosu edit our audio. You can also find us at hightheory.net. We hope you have a highly theoretical day.